Welcome back to the Waiting Game podcast. This is Nechama Safin, and I am very excited for today's guest. But before I introduce her, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in, for following, for listening, for commenting, for just giving so much positive feedback and for asking questions and giving advice and tips. And just it's so wonderful to hear from different people and getting their opinions and trying to represent, you know, each aspect of the Shadach scene. And I just really appreciate everybody and thank you so much. Hi, welcome. Hi. So tell us who you are and a little bit about yourself, please. So thank you for having me. My name is Peril, and I guess you could call me a previous older single. Um, I never label that ever. It's the first time I'm calling myself that, but... I am 33, and I was dating in the Shidduch system um, 13 years, Shidduch dating, but also eventually, you know, my own dating. Um, and I just got married three months ago. Yay, mazel tov. Thank you. So I've known Peril for a couple of years, and we've always had a great time together, and she's articulate and wonderful. And I asked her to come on because I wanted to get the perspective of somebody who had been dating for quite some time and kind of like went through the whole system, shidduch dating and kind of also finding her own guy, kind of like Hashem just sent it. And she was open and ready at that time to receive what Hashem was sending to her. And it may not have looked like what she had imagined all those years, but Baruch Hashem, three months in and we're going to pick her brain a little bit. Um, so let's just get started on some topics and wherever the conversation goes, as it usually does, we are going to take it away. Um, so what would you say was the biggest challenge for you personally or for other singles who you've dealt with just with dating with Shadduchim? Um, looking back, I think like for me personally, and a lot of my friends share the same thing is the pressure from the rest of the world. And I'm, again, I'm in a specific work our community, you know, the from world. Wait, where and are you from? I'm from Muncie. And so half in town, half out of town. Yeah. But like going through the system, the you know, especially when I was 19 and back then it was, you know, Sharkhanim, you met with a lot of Sharkhanim and then just the whole ups and downs of society and pressure on family and everyone means well, you know, and it's just not your fault. And that's something that a lot of my friends struggle with. It's like People are like, what? You're so normal. How are you single? That's not a compliment. Oh, so like if I'm not normal, like I shouldn't, it's just something's not adding up here. Like you're too normal to be single. What does that even mean? Like single's a problem. It's like Hashem didn't have my guy. So like I'm not normal now. Like it's just, you know, a lot of the society's comments and pressures. And I just, one piece of advice, if someone could just look back and say, no, like there's a guy for you. Hashem has a plan, and yes, there's his shalos, and you have to do mitzvah chanim and go out and singles events and whatnot. But there's nothing wrong with you, and I really think it's as simple as that. There's so much pressure. Wow. So I think that's a great way to just like jump right in and start off. It's just the message to all the singles: it's not you. You're not at all the problem. And I kind of feel like does this go across the board, boys and girls? Because there has to be a source of the problem. Like, is there even a crisis? And if there is where's that stemming from? Like, what would you even say would, was like the, the shidduch quote-unquote crisis? So I don't think there's a crisis. Again, I think it's society making it into a crisis and the, the franticness and the desperateness from the mothers, forget the singles. And like, it's almost like we're already feeling 
alone. We're already feeling sad that we're not married by a certain age when all our friends got married, right? You're come back from seminary. No one teaches you what's going to happen if you don't get married. They just teach you that you're getting married and this is what's going to happen. And I actually met a guy at a Shidduch Shabbaton and he was telling me this. And in a guy's version, he said, no one prepares the Bacharim, the guys, you know, for what happens if you don't learn. And you have to go out to work after four or five years and now you're 28 and then you're 29 and you're 30 and you never wanted to leave the yeshiva world, this specific guy, but he had to. And no one prepares you for the after if you don't get married. So I think that there is no crisis. I think the world created some sort of crisis. Again, my opinion. Um, what I would say would maybe be the crisis is not even a, anything specific. It's just the right one at the right time. So when people are getting, you know, frantic and desperate, including myself and running to so many events almost drained me because I thought I was doing hishtadlas and I technically was, but I ended up just draining myself and all my energy. And if I would have just, you know, let Hashem take care of it and just trusted. And again, that's the whole Amuna piece, but really, I don't believe there's a crisis. I think every single person has a rasher and there's a reason and we might not understand it. Sometimes there's work that has to be done on the single. And I very much believe in that therapy, whatever it is. But I really don't think there's a crisis. Wow. So first of all, you brought up so many interesting topics. And I would love to discuss them just piece by piece. One is you said the pressure. So I feel like there's pressure from, let's say, family, which, you know, is a parental pressure. There's your the pressure from your friends getting married, which is your peer pressure. And then you have your own personal pressure of your yourself feeling like, oh my gosh, like I, I once had a girl come for Shadofem. She, I meet, you know, singles for, you know, to hopefully set them up or to try at least, or at least just be a listening ear and give them a feel that they're doing their hishtadlas. If I'm not their shalia, that's not up to me. But, and I asked her, she was 20 years old and I asked her like why she wanted to get married. I know it's not really a, probably a typical shotgun question. Like they probably want to know like where you went to seminary and where your father davens and whatever. And I was just like, you know, why do you want to get married? And she couldn't come up with anything other than I don't want to be the last one in my class still single. And that to me was very scary because I'm like, that's a fear-based reason. So either you're getting married out of fear of being an older single at 20, which is already so young to be worried about that, as opposed to like a good reason to want to get married. I'm ready for an emotional connection. I'm ready for the next stage of my life. I'm ready to be a mother. Like, I feel like those are the reasons. So that was a lot. Like just hearing that there is so much pressure on singles, it's, it's very scary because I don't know if the pressure is not backfiring. I'm a little worried that we're seeing so many young couples getting married and divorced after such a short time, which is a totally Separate. like podcast. <laughs> like we could go on for hours about that and I will address it, you know, probably in a future podcast because it is so crucial to discuss and I really want to make sure I get like, you know, the right professionals, you know, opinion and just like statistically like what's happening. But we are kind of seeing a decline in marriages that are lasting with the young couples getting married at, you know, they're coming to me at 21, they're ready for a second marriage. And that's very scary to me. Yeah. And so like, there's obviously reasons. And you mentioned like mental health and other things like that. Like these are real issues that are plaguing everybody. It's not just, I mean, America these days, I mean, social media and a lot of other studies are coming out that these things are really damaging to young adults and to teenagers. Um, there's just so much out there and like we're like playing catch up in a way and like the firm world is kind of playing catch up to realizing how damaging you know not to throw anybody under the bus but smartphones that are unfiltered it's a big deal and and unfortunately a lot of guys maybe are falling for this so I, I would say that there's probably small pockets of problems that need to be addressed and individuals have let's say you know a health issue or a mental health issue or 
you know, a, a hashkafa that's maybe shaky or something that's making them really not so marriageable right now. That could also yeah. be. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I actually like therapy, let's say just a little tiny drop in the mental health bucket. Like for me personally, I feel it's maintenance. You know, you get your car oil change, right? Every three months or whatever it is. And whether or not it needs that oil change, you're going to get that oil change because you want your car to work. So I very much believe in therapy. And this is not just for singles. Like I think everyone, marriage and whatever stage of life you're in, just for maintenance, you know? And I know it could be stigmatized and I know people are embarrassed or don't want to say it. And like I 100% believe that once I started like going to therapy was when I was able to open my heart to really accept a true like partner because there's so much blocks whether you're aware of them or not aware of them and I know that you know thankfully we're in 2023 where mental health is much more talked about um so again I'm not saying that the singles it's not their problem that they're single but I think every single needs to look at themselves at a certain point at their patterns what they're attracting whether shidduch dating or not I feel like you you know we all have our stories and look in the mirror and and just at yourself, what could I change for the better? Right. And regardless if there's a partner in my life or a guy that I'm dating, like I remember there was months where I was dating nobody and I said, I'm gonna focus on making myself a better person so one day I could be a better wife, you know? So that's like amazing. It's like almost like get yourself in the healthiest, best place for you. Do it for you and then be open to whatever Hashem sends, but like you are the priority. Love yourself first. When you love yourself, you can then be open to loving somebody else. We have to means you have to love yourself. And I think a big part that I'm noticing these days, and again, I agree with Peril, like therapy is so needed, especially if you find somebody who you click with. It is maintenance. It is so important. For sure, if you went through a trauma, there's no doubt it's important. And for sure, if you're having a struggle and you're just, you're feeling down or you're feeling depressed, there's so much that goes on in a young person's life that's painful to them and not everybody's equipped with like yes Hashem gives you challenges that you can handle for sure but not everybody's equipped immediately upon receiving that challenge with the tools necessary to navigate safely through these you know rocky waters and I feel like it's so like I have you know siblings who are therapists and I hear from them what real issues are going on in the community and I and I want people to kind of like be aware be self-aware even if you think you don't need it Everybody could use a person to talk to who could be a sounding board for maybe things you can't talk about with your friends. And maybe you're the type who has a great friend who you could just be open with and they give the most amazing, you know, feedback and advice and, and great, it, you know, if you have that, like that's just so, you're so lucky. But not everybody has that. And I feel like, you know, girls or boys, it is very hard to be vulnerable to somebody else. But a big part of being able to be married healthfully in the best possible way is being vulnerable. And yep. I have found, maybe you could you could tell me if this happened to you during dating, but I have found that when when like one, two, three dates, the fourth date, it kind of like stalls. And this happened time and time again where I would have couples call me individually, the boy or the girl saying like, I just, I'm not feeling anything. I'm not feeling anything. And we're like, okay, so tell me about the first few dates. Oh, it was great at first that we're having a great conversation. We're schmoozing, we're laughing, we're having a great time. But like, I'm not feeling anything. Like, I don't know if there's any chemistry. I don't know if there's anything like there. Like, well, did you get into any deep conversation? Were you open with her or with him? Were you vulnerable? They're like, huh? Like, like, what's this word? Like, they have no clue what the word vulnerable even means. And I feel like this is such a crucial part of dating because like when you're able to 
figure out how to be vulnerable with somebody else, I've seen like the transformation and I can tell you the exact time that it happens and that's like the longest date and they come back on a high from that date. Like I was so open and I felt myself and the person was so nice and they received what I was sharing with them and it is scary. You know, dating, it's scary scary to share parts of yourself that you think maybe will be judged by other people. So what do you think was that? I definitely, definitely like this whole topic. I mean, I'll go back to when I was 19, 20, you know, back then maybe just where we were in that time period, people were just guarded. Again, we're in a time, like I feel like now is just like a great time, like in the world, people are open and there's social media in a good way and there's podcasts and things that just didn't exist 10 years ago. So I do feel like even personally, I was so guarded and I had the best dates, but I wasn't sharing. I was entertaining. <laughs> I was literally like every guy like, oh, I'll date her again. And I was like, oh, I didn't feel anything. Right. Um, and I learned like, yeah, like this isn't just about like this isn't a game. This isn't like, you know, you have to be vulnerable. And it's really scary. And the fear as the single dating, it's terrifying. And, you know, sometimes I was vulnerable with guys and they dumped me straight up and the hurt and I was like oh my gosh I can never tell another guy that and it wasn't even anything crazy but you, you're sharing yourself right. and I just another tip I would tell singles is like don't stop just because one guy might you might be too much quote-unquote for one guy or too sensitive or too emotional or whatever the words they're gonna throw at you and vice versa girls could say the same thing about the guys the right one will love every single one of those qualities and that's another huge 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 thing that I wish the younger me could tell myself because it's so easy to judge yourself especially when a guy says no you don't even have to know the reason you're just like oh no like what did I say what did I do and like I just now like try to tell all my friends that are dating I'm like just be yourself it's not gonna hurt anyone but you by not so yeah vulnerability is scary very but if you don't have that I don't even see any relationship growing Right. I mean, I even had like a woman who was calling me for her daughter who was married probably like 25 years. And I was explaining this whole vulnerable thing because she actually called me to say like, what is this vulnerable thing you're teaching my daughter? And I was explaining it to her and it was so foreign to her. And she had been married and had a bunch of kids and she still didn't know that there was this part of like herself and her relationship and the intimacy with her husband just talking and just being open and she didn't really understand what that was and I was like I hope I'm helping you know because like after 20 something years of being married to somebody you would hope that you've learned to let your guard down if you can't be open and honest with your spouse like who who else yeah and, and it is scary and, and I want you know boys and girls men and women listening to this no matter if you're married no matter if you're single no matter if you haven't even started dating yet the more comfortable you get and I could say from experience because I was the same like I couldn't open up And I was just like, I didn't mind saying a fact. Like, for example, it took a long time, but then I was able to say, yeah, my mom passed away and I could say it. But am I going to tell you what that felt like? Am I going to tell you the experience? Probably not. Like, you would have to really press hard to get me to share, like, those parts of me. But at the same time, like, learning how to do it was so scary. That first time sharing something of yourself, as you were saying, not knowing how the person's going to receive it. And you're like, your heart's pounding because you're trying to share something that feels so foreign to you. And then after you did it a couple times, it was almost like, yeah, this is just who I am. Like, I learned the skill, which is a hard skill. Yeah. Yeah. And another part that I find that, like, when I give talks to girls or I'm coaching girls, they have a question. And maybe, Peril, you being, you know, a seasoned dater and somebody who had a lot of experience – one they want to know is how to deal with heartbreak. 
so that I would love to like get some just like a conversation about heartbreak and the second part is this especially girls who come in from out of town who are living solo or with roommates being very independent for x amount of years so like let's say 22 23 28 29 they've already been living on their own they have a great job they take care of all their cars you said the oil change and they're taking care of you know arrangements and gas and they're driving their friends everywhere and they're making all the plans they're kind of like in charge but yet they meet a guy who wants to take care of them and they don't know how to let somebody in when this is like something that they felt like i'm so independent but a real relationship with a guy and with your husband or your vice versa is going to need a dependence like you the guy wants to take care of you and they have a trouble figuring out how to let the guy take care of them when they feel like they've been taking care of themselves for so long that's a great question. Okay, so which one should we do first? Do, let's do the first one first because I feel like, and then we'll move on to the second one because I feel like these are such like burning topics that the girls really want to hear. And the boys too, like listen up because like girls need you to kind of like understand their world in a way that maybe they don't even understand yet. And the more information we have floating around, the more like tips and advice that we give singles, the better their dating is going to be. And hopefully the more like, precise and and like they don't have to waste their time like floating around this like quagmire of like just endless dates and not really having a direction so like let's give them some like real you know like a direction okay so heartbreak um the joys you know i always say with all the highs of dating comes the lows um and there sure is a lot of lows and that's again that's something that you just i accepted as part of the journey would I want heartbreak? No, nobody wants to go through heartbreak. Um, I would say from my personal experience, there's like the two types of heartbreak. There's when you were the one that ended it and when they ended it with you. Um, the harder one for me was I always, I'm a very sensitive person. So I felt terrible, you know, having to say no when I knew the guy liked me and we had a good connection and I just knew in my heart, you're not my husband. And one thing my mother taught me actually, and since I was 19, she never questioned when I said no to a guy ever. Wow. This is when I was dating out of her house and she married off Kanainahar, a lot of kids. And she just said, no, I trust my daughter. If she's saying it's not for her, it's not for her. Now I'm not saying this is advice for everyone. Some girls are more wishy-washy. Some guys are wishy, you know, you need to know yourself, but it's hard to end it. And that was one thing that I had support when I ended it. And I never got told, um, not from family, unfortunately, other people, um, whether it was a shadchan or someone else, that if I could say one thing to them is, you know, really the person dating knows best. So unless you're on the date with them, no one should be like pushing someone to do something, which is a whole nother topic. Because again, there's the exceptions. But to me, that was harder than the heartbreak was like, getting yelled at, like you threw away your bashar. I was like, what? <laughs> like, how is that even possible? And another thing my mother told me, which I always say is, Rav Chaim Kanievsky did not marry Rebetz and Feinstein. Why? Because they were in a shidduch. Are they both right? Huge, huge people. They weren't a match. Like it doesn't need to be, like the single doesn't need to be feeling guilty for saying no. So yeah, that's like one type of heartbreak. I think just be confident in your decision. Be assertive to the Sharchanim, like this is my decision, and kind. You could have empathy. You could, if the single needs closure, I had guys who wanted me to call them after to explain my decision. 
And I happily did. You don't have to necessarily be like straight up and hurt them if it's things that might be hurtful, but you could still. So I think it's just to be kind and accept that it's okay right. to say no to someone. Right. We're dating here. We're not, we're looking for a marriage partner. We're not looking for a new dress or car, you know? Non-refundable. Exactly. We hope. And then, and then what if you're broken up with? So that to me was like really hard. Um, I cried. I, I went through every single grieving process with, you know, especially the ones that I thought I was going to marry. And I had a few of those. Um, again, I do think you have to grieve. I don't know if I'm no counselor, but I think when people try to like move on really quickly or like jump into dating events, like a week after they ended a three month relationship, like that's just not healthy. Like in whatever world you're in, you have to grieve, you have to accept the loss and you have to just really be ready. And if I could just, again, like say one tip, it's just like try to like sit with the pain even for a day. Like I'm not saying to be depressed, just accept it, cry it out, talk to a friend, talk to your shadchan, talk to therapist, exactly, you know, and it's okay to be sad, it's okay. And I think looking back, it was more like, I thought he would be my husband and he's not. And that's a big loss. But it's also where the Avuna piece comes in, like, but God is saying no. And I would just repeat that to me, like, Pearl, you're being directed. I'm telling you there's, and then my best friend would be like, there's someone else. The same way you found him, you will find someone else. And in the moment, you're like, no one's going to be like him. I'm never going to find someone. Because at the time where you are in your emotional health, you're meeting, like you said this before, you are, you might not understand where you're holding, but that's what you attract. And I think part of the heartbreak is understanding, like, it's only getting better. Because right. if you are able to, you know, if someone broke up with you or you broke up with someone, that's really Hashem saying this isn't your person and there's going to be someone better. Right. And if you have to coach yourself or manifest or just, right. you know, stay positive. Stay positive. Right. Yeah. So a line that I heard is rejection is redirection. Yes. And I think that is just such a, it's, it's, it is a frame of mind. And I know people are heartbroken and I know what heartbreak feels like. I do know from personal experience what that feels like. And it is a horrible feeling. And real, real, real true emotional connection with somebody else that just ends suddenly is very painful. And I had a question from a girl that she posted. To, she wanted to know, why is it that when there's a breakup, like I say, as you said, a three-month you know, dating, and there's a breakup, the girl is grieving and she's crying and she's so down and she feels the immediate pain of it. And the guy seems like he's fine. He feels relieved (laughs) and he just moves right on. And they're like, I don't understand. Again, we have male brain, female brain. And this is not, again, a little bit of, um, you know, generalization. Of course, there are boys who experience tremendous heartbreak. And I've dealt with that too, really have. So this is not like across the board, male, female are totally different. No, there's obviously, you know, people on both sides of the spectrum that deal with heartbreak in different ways. And that's totally healthy. Whatever it is, whoever I made you, that's how you are. And we're going to go with that. And that's fine. But like... So just generally speaking, what I read about was so fascinating. And to give girls some chizak of like, you're like sitting there, I'm so heartbroken. I am devastated. I am broken. I am just like, I, I thought he was the one. And now like he's off dating somebody else. He's on vacation with his friends. He seems perfectly fine. So they said, this came from, from psychologists that found that boys, when they break up, especially if they're the ones doing the breakup, they have an immediate sense of relief. For whatever reason, whether it was cold feet, whether it was a valid reason, they their first reaction is relief. It only hits them a few months later. 
Girls, it's the opposite. Girls get brokenhearted immediately. The tears are pouring. The, the pain is there. They can't, you know, can't eat, can't sleep. They are just so down. And of course, it's confounded by the fact that they see the person who they were in the relationship with not, you know, seemingly feeling the same things they're feeling. What did it mean? Nothing. But just to give you some chizok, it's just a different way of coping. And the girls tend to deal with it. And then three months down the line, they are doing so much better. And they're the ones going on vacation. They're the ones jumping into something else. And then the boys, it hits them. What did I just do? I just may have passed up the best thing that ever happened to me. So it's just a different way of coping in the initial breakup does not mean that it didn't mean so much to him too. It does not mean that you didn't mean so much to him. It just means that he's a guy and he deals with it a little bit differently. Yes. Oh my gosh. You're like describing like three of my breakups. But basically, yes, I think not. this is a totally not pointing fingers way. Men versus women brains. And I learned that the hard way when exactly what you said. And I, I really see now that like, because I think it's very hard as a girl Again, I'm female, so I'm talking about myself. When a guy looks like he's moved on or went on vacation a day after and you're literally like so heartbroken and you can't breathe, you can't eat, you can't sleep. And you're just like, I want him to like ask me out again and let's go, you know. And like you said, they're just complete different. Their brains are wired differently. And I know personally, like three or four exes came back to me like four months later, five months later. And this isn't in a like, ooh, like they wanted me back way. Not at all. It was closure. And they're like, by the way, like we, what we had was really, really special. And I'm like, oh, now you're realizing that? Like, and it was all I needed. I didn't need them back. I moved on. But it was like, just know, like, especially if you're the one getting broken up with, they do care. They might hide it. They might mask it. And I think that was very hard thinking they don't care because you just gave whatever amount of time in your life to this person opened up was vulnerable and you're like they know everything about me and now that's it they're just out partying or right. on vacation they do care they're processing it differently right. right and again it's just to remind yourself that heartbreak is what brings you to the next chapter i don't think you could fully get into a healthier place in life if you don't go through that experience first right and i feel like this is across the board in all life's challenges sometimes we have to get so down in, in like our lowest 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 points and hashem is waiting for us there too he's not saying meet me at the top of the mountain he's saying i'm here with you in your lowest valleys and i'm going to pull you up and i'm going to help you and i'm here beside you and it's it is in those painful moments it is so lonely and so hard and like, I do get it and it is very hard. And I know anybody going through this is, it is very, very difficult. And please reach out. This is where I guess, you're, I actually had a girl who I coached who was so smart. And I'm going to actually just share a little bit of what she had shared with me. She was dating for months and it was long distance and she was traveling a lot. Like, you know, really like, like 10 hour flights. Like it wasn't just an easy thing and a lot over the phone, a lot over Zoom. And it was dragging out. And I remember coaching her over Sukkis last year and after the whole you know, scenario and everything finally ended and they just couldn't get engaged. Like she was basically ready, but something was holding her back and something was holding him back. But mostly what was holding her back is that he didn't seem ready. And she had said to me, she's like, Nechama, I did not let go of my friendships. I did not let go of my exercise. I did not let go of my classes. I did not let go of my hobbies. I did not forget about my job. She goes, I did not throw myself into this dating and forget everything else about me that mattered. And she said, that's how when it ended, she still had her friends. She still had her job. She still had her exercise classes and she had her whatever art stuff or whatever it was that she was doing that made her happy. She didn't give up on that. And so she said, I was able to just transition 
yes, it was very painful because she did devote a lot of time and energy, you know, to this guy. And it was very painful because there was nothing blatant and it was very painful also. Like she just, it didn't make any sense why no. And I'm going to tell you the postscript of what ended up happening with her. You're going to be very happy. But she had said to me, and this piece of advice goes for guys and for girls, don't just throw yourself in dating and forget everything else in your life that's important because they're, those things are there to protect you also and to save you when you need it. It's, it's your lifeline. Anyway, she, Bar Hashem, got engaged oh, recently. No she sent me pictures a couple months ago and she left me the most amazing voice notes. And the one thing she said to me to give everybody else chazah, because she thought she was marrying that other guy. She thought he was everything that she was looking for and she was devastated. She's like, am I going to find another guy like him? And she wasn't like a young single. She was 28. I mean, it's still young, but you know, she wasn't <laughs> yeah. 20. She wasn't 20. And she said, she's like, Nechama, I have to tell you, I did not settle on anything. She's like, I met this guy and he is everything I need. And then some, and I see now why all the other past relationships didn't work for me. And I just like got the chills and I was so happy to hear that because I knew her journey and I knew how painful it was. You know, and she was crying to me and I was there for her and I gave her as much chazak as I could, you know, not being there in person. But like she really, Baruch Hashem, sees now that it was for the best. And she sees now why that wasn't good for her. But this, her Bashar Baruch Hashem, is the right one for her. And I feel like if we could give that, you know, Baruch Hashem, you've been married for three months. You've been through heartache. You've had all these experiences and you thought you were marrying those other guys. And you see now why your husband is perfect for you in the yeah. time of your life also. It is about timing too. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I don't want to forget my first thought and then I'll see my second thought. Um, this is again, I'm sorry to whoever told me if I don't, you know, give them credits, but it's just one of these things that might sound cliche, but it really helped me understand. Like maybe it was even the teacher. I don't know. They said never daven for a specific person that you're dating <laughs> in this regard. Um, and I would, I would, I remember like specifically one or two guys where I wanted to just cry to Hashem, like, could you just, like, make him propose? Like, we're dating X amount of months. We really like each other. Like, whatever's holding him back, whatever his, you know, hesitations are, like, let him be the one because you're you're so ready and you're so, quote-unquote, desperate at that point, whatever, you know, you're dating for a long time and you finally, you you think he's the one. And I remember just, like, standing outside, like, Ribnitz and Muncie, and I'm just, like, Hashem, please guide me to the right one. And it was so hard because I was angry and I wanted to just yell like, but why can't it be him? And I went to Makoba once and, you know, I wanted to give a specific name in a kvittal and I didn't. I said, I just want a shidduch, a bracha for a shidduch. And, yeah. you know, I think that that's something huge because like, again, this is on the Amuna davening, you know, piece, but to just make sure whether you're praying out loud or to yourself, doesn't matter that it should be the right one for you. Because we don't know what's best for us sometimes. Like you said, the lifeline, the people in your life that know you better. It is so important to have a dating coach. It is so important to have a mentor. It is so important to have people in your life that are wiser. Because in the moment, you could be very blind. And this is, of course, you should trust yourself. Of course, you make that decision. And there's gut feelings and all that. But it's so important to have that guidance along the way. And understand that the right one will come at the right time. And to just like, you know, never daven for the wrong thing, because I think prayer is so important and, you know, Hashem knows what's best for you. And yeah, I wish, you know, everyone can know your person is there. And like, we might not understand it. Like this girl, she was able to see it after. And I, I hope that everyone who meets their Vashar 
really sees why it didn't work out with the other guys. But for me, more than that was the relief. Like, I cannot believe I almost like begged someone to want me. Like, oh my gosh, could you imagine how miserable I would be, you know? Yeah. So Baruch Hashem, like for clarity and right. also to know, just to accept that you there is someone for you. I, I keep stressing it because the amount of girls that I'm friends with personally who are like, there's no one left, there's no one left. And I'm like, I did that. And it's just, it really is a negative way of thinking because it's so damaging no, you're amazing. There's an amazing guy. He might be married to someone else. He might have to still get divorced. Like, I had to wait for my husband. He is a lot younger than me. Right. Um, if I would have dated him when I was 19, like, no, that just would not have worked. Right, right. So. And then he had a second point also. I had what? A second point. Yes. And then we had to break up. Um, and again, sometimes you have to end things because the timing is off. And, you know, it was horrible. It was heartbreak all over again because it was actually the person I married. So you can imagine, you know, feeling all those things, but having to know it wasn't the right time. And like you said before, timing is on both sides. Yes. You know, you have to know if someone's not ready, they might just need some time to figure things out. And if that's you or if that's, you know, your partner, like just to really, right. Right. you know. You never want to make a decision out of desperation out of fear, out of like, you know, this is the only person for me and I'm just going to take him or I'm going to take her because there's no one else in the world. You're saying that's not true. If it doesn't feel right or if it's the wrong time, just accept and, and just dive in for clarity. I think that's the most unfortunate, like from my friends that are divorced and again, like under 30, a lot of them have confided that they just were so scared to be single. Like whatever, he sounded good. He matched up most of the things on my list. Like, I didn't really think about the future so much. Like, I liked him. He liked me. And, like, whatever our values were kind of on the same page. They didn't really talk about so much more. And, again, there's so much to this topic. And there's exceptions and whatever. But the bottom line is that I have the fear. I have the desperation. I have the loneliness. It's horrible. I would never wish it on anyone. And it's there's someone that isn't going through it could never understand. You know? Like, I just, it's some, that's why singles stick together. Right. And then we wanted to discuss like these girls living alone, being so independent, or even living at home, but being so independent and like not letting other people in because it's just, wait, I, I'm fine. I, I got this. You know, I don't need a man. It's almost like a societal thing also. Like women became very, very, very career oriented, very independent, very much like, you know, climbing the corporate ladder to the extent that like they almost are like, I don't even need a man to have a baby. I could just go, you know, and I'm going to be a single mom from, from now till forever. I don't, I don't know. That's too much. You know, like what, how do we help a girl who is really like struggling with allowing somebody in to take care of her? It's a very good question. So there are many different personalities of girls and there are some that are more, you know, the career, like boss, like let's, you know, let's go running their companies. And, but even those, I think it boils down to vulnerability because every single girl, I mean, I'm like, I'm no therapist, but I could imagine every single girl has a little part of her that wants to be taken care of. Right. There's yet a girl I met that doesn't have that. So right. even if they're, you know, saying they're fine, I don't need a man or like whatever, like I'm so single that like I forgot what it's like to even like be in a relationship. All these things, in my personal opinion, because I've said them too in different extents, 
are just a show and it's a projection. You just don't want to be, you don't want to tell people that how you're really feeling. So I think people have to just let their guard down, vulnerability. And at the end of the day, don't get too comfortable. Right, right. You're saying it, it's okay to be uncomfortable also. Yeah, get comfortable like with being uncomfortable. you should be comfortable, right. but there should also be room right. that like this is temporary. Right, right. You know, and I know that when I moved out to my first apartment, this is also a whole nother topic of when should you move out? Is it stigmatized and all that that came along with me moving out? Right. Um, and one of my siblings was like, you're buying like a couch and window shades? Like, how long do you think you're being there for? And at the time, I was like, I hope not long. Well, guess what? Five years later, I got engaged. So imagine for five years, I didn't have window shades and I had a little folding table because I didn't want to, you know, so you have to have a certain level of comfort. But what what my sister was trying to say was, we really want you to get married. You really want to get married. Just don't make this whole life for yourself that you're not going to want a man. Right. Leave a little, and you know what? Thank God I did. I I was definitely open. So I think, you know, leave room for it. Don't get too comfortable. Right. It's like build a great life for yourself, but not to the extent that you're too busy, too, you know. um, Too busy to date. Right. Because we have had that, you know, too busy to date and too busy to let somebody in your life or too, you know. I don't know, like harried or too rushed or too, you know, always on the go or, or career oriented or whatever it is that you're just not leaving a space for the bracha that Hashem wants to pour into you. Because like, really, if you think about it, that's what we all want. It's like almost so interesting because like I see this and like I see somebody coming in to, you know, for coaching and like we're one on one. So I'm really getting into their lives and I'm, I'm delving and I got their whole history and we, we've, we've, we've done the work. And then I'm like, you're telling me you want to be taken care of by a man but your personality on the date is telling him you got this and you're in charge and you're telling him where to go on the date and how to drive and you're giving directions. How do you fight your nature? I feel like there's like almost like it has to be a wake up call for somebody who is very like that. And again, it's men or women, it goes right. both ways. Just like kind of like knowing yourself and allowing the guy or the girl, whoever it is, whatever it is that you're trying to fill, like whatever, you know, you want the guy to take care of you, you want him to be responsible for you. You got to kind of let him. Like, if he's going the wrong way, kind of bite your tongue. Let him go the wrong way. Say, oh, yeah, I get lost here too. You know, cut him some slack. Be graceful about it. You know, you don't need to always just be right just because you're going to get there five minutes sooner. Like, I don't think any guy married or single is going to appreciate that. Yeah. You know, it's okay to let him take charge, especially because, like, Hashem did create in a way for the guy to be the giver and for the woman to be the receiver. And this goes into, like, all the kala classes I'm sure everybody went to, like, whoever is married and like just good tips now for singles like if you find that you're the take charge type maybe it's not a bad idea to work on it you know practice with your friends letting somebody else you know run the show let somebody else be in charge of vacation let somebody else drive let somebody else you know call the shots once in a while and get used to kind of like or ask for help I find that's very very hard yes it's very vulnerable also to ask somebody for help and a lot of girls either they know how to do it, no problem. Like they're so used, they ask everybody for help, and you know they'll just tell the person behind them and in the bank, you know, like their problems, and like give me your advice. Like, what do you think? Should I buy this? Should I not buy this? Like everybody has different personalities, but I have found that those who have a really hard time asking for help, it does stand in your way. Yeah, no, and that's why I think it's so important to like just be vulnerable, whatever that looks like for your personality, and to like it again. For I'm going to talk about the guys because I'm the girl here, but to cut them some slack. Because even a guy that is independent and is macho or whatever it is, you know, the alpha type or this and that, they're still going to make mistakes. 
like we make mistakes and they might forget an exit or they might just had a hard day and could not come up with like a fifth date to take you. They tried every date to have the perfect date. And this one was just not a good day for them, you know? And it's like, I feel like we're so harsh with, and including myself, like I've come up from dates, like he didn't ask me if I was hungry. And then I'm like, okay, he probably worked till eight o'clock at night, came straight to Muncie to get me. He was not thinking like his brain was just like, I want to just be coherent and present. And like, you know, so just to like put yourself in their shoes. Like, how would you feel if you had to, you know, be in their position right now? Or, but it's such a mature approach, also, of just in general in life. Imagine what it's like to be in somebody else's shoes and the things that they struggle with, and being open and being just like willing to just accept somebody else for who they are and like not judge so harshly. Okay, yeah. these are great tips. So, if there's anything you can leave our listeners with, um, I think there might be a part two to this conversation just because we barely even touched upon the surface of all these amazing, you know, discussions that we have, but. What is something that you would want to leave our listeners with until next time of maybe the best piece of advice that you ever got? You know, you said great stuff from your mom, but just like the, something that comes to mind is like the best. Now that you are married, Baruch Hashem, you did find your Bashar, you were super open minded to dating, let's say, outside of what you thought you were looking for. As yeah. he is younger, yeah. you know, and that's also I think that's awesome. You know, the age is just a number. And I really do believe that it's, you know, whoever Hashem sets for you as your Bashar, that's your Bashar, you know. Yep. And there was a long journey till you got there. Yeah. And maybe you would have stressed less. Like, you know, everybody says, oh, if I just knew who and when I would not be, I'd just be relaxed and I would enjoy so like what do you think would be a good tip so never stop making friends if you're single um I know for girls it's hard because girls are just they like their friends they like their people I don't want to make new friends now she's like five years younger than me my coworker. why should I go out with her go out with the girl that's you know your coworker. doesn't have to be your closest friendship but I I did find just like making friends and staying around fellow singles is so important and also going to your married friends here and there as well. Don't cut out your married friends. I understand it's harder to relate. So like, don't stop making friends, but also keep the old ones because they know you the best, you know? Right. Um, go out, have fun. You know, I know the more yeshiva circles, I have a bunch of friends in Muncie. They have basketball teams for girls. They have art for girls. And they would always text me like do you want to join do you want to come and then if you're not open for singles events maybe think about why not and start going to some there's such a variety you know it used to be like I don't want to do a mixer I don't want to do a mingler now we have so many incredible organizations I'm not going to shout them all out that have you know Sharchanam and all these appropriate boundaries of letting singles meet organically so for somebody that's nervous about like I don't really talk to guys I don't feel comfortable like you should be a little bit more open-minded, not specific you. Like, I feel like as a whole, like if I wasn't open-minded, I wouldn't be married. I would not be married. And whether open-minded looks like dating someone that wasn't in your box or going out with someone just one date and then deciding, you know, even though you really thought maybe not, looks could be very different in person. Like don't necessarily judge someone by just their picture. You know, there's so many things. Um, and I think everybody has what to drop on their list if they're being realistic. Right. So yeah, just like, and, and just be, I know it sounds cliche, just be happy and positive because when you show a negative vibe and I've had times that I'm, you know, supposedly like the happy-go-lucky type. And even though I faked it, the guys I was dating were able to sense that I wasn't happy. And whether I was sad or whatever I was going through at the time, it showed. 
So it's like, don't fake it, but work through it that you could genuinely come across as a happy person because from so many guys I've dated, I've asked them like, what are you attracted to? And so many are just like a happy, positive person. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. like that, like what you, you know, what you show really comes across. And I think just try to be happy and just accept that Hashem has a plan. I know it's, right. it's hard, but it is. I know. And just be yourself. Right. Be yourself. Be yourself because it doesn't help anybody for you to pretend to be somebody you're not, you know, be your best self. Be your, you know, whatever, as, even if you're just on a date, even if you're having a bad day, everybody has bad days, but even if like you can get out of your head just for those few hours to put your best self forward, you may be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it's yeah. ironic because they always say like, don't do this on a date, don't do that on a date. And I'm like, no, do that on a date. Like you want to order a hamburger, order a hamburger, you know, because at the end of the day, this isn't just an interview for a job. Like this, yeah, you have to obviously follow certain social norms, but like, by being yourself, if like you're the type of girl that like really does better taking a walk in the park than sitting in a hotel lounge, like tell that to the shadchan. Even if you're gonna feel like the boy's gonna judge you, like he's gonna appreciate it so much more. Right, right. And I've heard this on both ends, right. you know, from girls and guys that they just like wish that the person they're dating was more chill and more relaxed. And right. it's yeah. hard. Wow, I think yeah. this is a great just lesson in life for everybody just whoever's listening guy or girl the more relaxed you are you also create a relaxing environment for the person you're dating which gives them the ability to open up more and faster and then you don't waste so much time you know wading through you know technical stuff that may or may not be important to you we get to know the essence of the person as opposed to like you know, where'd you go to seminary and where'd you go for high school and do like pizza you know like if you're relaxed and you're chilled and you create this environment for somebody else, you may be surprised at what they're able to bring to the table. Yeah, and I think that, at least in my experience, like there were these like, I don't know where it came from, I don't know who invented them. There was like these like society pressures on like what to do on a date that people, that till today, like you said, like what seminar you go to, like I don't know how to change this and I don't think we could, yeah. but it doesn't have to be like, that black and white, you know, there's so many different ways to just have a conversation yeah. with someone and get deep and hundred percent. I would love to continue this conversation. Also like to tell people like what to not do on a date that people tell you not to do that you really should do. <laughs> that really is good for you to do, you know? And I feel oh, yeah. like there's so much that we don't have to just stick into a box. You could break stigmas, you know, and I think that's fantastic. And you could be open-minded. You never know who Hashem has in store for you. A hundred percent. Peril, you're awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us Thank your you. of yourself and of your time. And we definitely will have to have you back on again. Thank you so much. Yeah.